Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great Northern Cackle. I am your host, Brenton Birdall, and I am very happy to announce that I have two very special guests. First of all, I have the one and only Steve Hahn, jeweler of the North Shore, and my father-in-law. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for hosting the Mountaintop Studio for us to get together tonight. Um, next, I have a, a very uh, intelligent, in- interesting man. Um, he goes by Doctor B. He goes by Father B. Uh, to everyone else, he kind of goes by Mark. Uh, everybody, Mark Bello. Hey, it Hold is a here. pleasure. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't know I had the applause button when I was talking about you. That's right. Well, uh, next time, I feel bad now. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Hi, Mark. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. It's a great, great moment that we've, uh, Steve and I, have been able to move up to the Northern Cackle. To the Northern Cackle. We feel like we've moved up in the world now. You guys, you're in the big leagues now? We are. We are. It was B League, Class B? Yeah. We were going to Class B. Well, we were a farm team. <laughs> we were, we were, I yeah, I don't, I don't even think we were doing double A. We were, no, I don't yeah. think. I think you are. I think it's bigger than you think Pony it is. League. We are uh, we are in beautiful Lutzen, Minnesota. Um, we are on the back porch um, of my in-laws' beautiful home. Uh, essentially, overlooking, I'm looking at Lake Superior through the trees right now. Actually, um, I was looking at it quite a bit closer because, um, as one of the best Christmas gifts that I've ever received, that we received, me and my wife, I was gifted a chartered uh, trout fishing trip on Lake Superior. From my father-in-law, Steve and Kathy. Shout out to Steve and Kathy for the best Christmas present ever. Just want my the rest of my family to take note that you could good luck up good luck over doing that. No, so we were on the water for two days. This was the second day. The first day we were accompanied by the one and only uh, I guess Doctor B or I guess I can call you Mark now. Yeah, hey, I can use your actual that? name. Ooh. So it was me, Incognito. Mark, Steve, and Alyssa yesterday, um, and then it was me, Steve, my mother-in-law, Kathy, and uh, one of the coolest old dudes, possibly one of the baddest people on earth, probably got involved with more secret stuff than anyone, whatever. He wouldn't, con- he, he didn't remember most of it, but he said that he was classified status and he worked in the Pentagon. I can't say any more because I don't want to get hunted, and I know things get weird up here, but... He ended up being one of the coolest old dudes I've ever met in my life. How old is he? He's got to be in his 80s. I, I believe he's 82. 82 out there. Awesome. So it was a quite the experience. We've been here since Thursday. It's Labor Day weekend. We've been pretty much just relaxing and taking it all in. And and we've been you know looking forward to the fishing trip. And then yesterday morning, we I didn't know what to expect at all. I was in a bit of a flurry. I wrote. I read on the internet that you have to print off your license in Minnesota. I guess that's not true. So, but thank you for printing. Hey. Mark came out. We picked him up. We made the jaunt down the road about fifty yards to his house, um, and he's like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And I was like, "Do you have a printer?" And he's like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> Brenton, every time." 
So I waited till the last minute. I was an idiot, but I didn't even need it. So the whole license thing was a debacle. Minnesota still hadn't updated Alyssa's address or last name, so we couldn't get her a license. It was like 20 minutes before Clearview, the the store down the hill uh, closed. We snuck her in right at the last minute, but everything came, everything came down and worked out absolute perfectly. I'm just giving Disney free ads on her podcast here. So if you haven't seen Buzz Lightyear or what is it, just called Lightyear, you should go check that out on Disney Plus. Shout out to Disney Plus. Please sponsor me. Let's talk about politics. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get more into the fishing trip later, but I kind of want to mix it up just so you can get to know these guys a little bit first. So, um, this is what we do with some people every once in a while. We'll just throw out kind of hot topics and we can just kind of chime in. So, and don't be afraid to take a side that you wouldn't normally take if you want to debate a little bit. Like, what, you know, maybe you could take a side that. You could just oppose whatever I say or, or whatever. So I'm just going to throw some words out here, and you guys tell me how you feel about it, okay? Go. <clears throat> Electric cars. Suck. Yeah, waste. Okay, so we're all together on that one, right? California essentially Sucks. is telling people since the heat wave came through California, everybody turned on those air conditioners and those yeah. million-dollar yeah. mansions and those Malibu shanties that have terrible insulation. Hard to cool a house in California. Yep, it is. And you know who's taking the hit? Electric car owners, everybody. Yeah, Absolutely. They're they're fearing rolling brownouts. <laughs> you know what that is? Urban Dictionary people, take a look at it. Uh, no, but they're so that's a real thing. So now it's happening. Absolutely, it's happening. So there's that. It happened in Texas with you know essentially. I don't in North Dakota. It's, I I guess right now, I would still buy one. But I would have to have a backup gas vehicle, just for the safety of my own family, right? You know, have you have you ever seen? Uh, they did a. Uh, there's guys that review trucks on YouTube. Sure. I can't remember. Yeah, two, yeah, two guys. Yep. And the one guy's kind of got a foreign accent, maybe mm. uh, Central European kind of accent. Anyway, they did the Ford Lightning. Yeah, the new one. Saw that. Yep, the new one. Did you see that? Yeah, up yeah, against, I did. And he ran it up against uh, the uh, 3500 Dodge. Okay. And uh, they did uh, this that truck. Against the 3500 Dodge? Right. Like a heavy-duty yeah, three-quarter right, ton. Right, what is right. that? Is that a one-ton? Or what would that be considered? Yeah, it's a one-ton. One-ton. That's a big truck. Yeah. Well, I mean. The Lightning was a single-cab fucking quarter no. Quarter ton, no? No, 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 no. No, it, no. Oh. luxury edition. I mean, it would be equivalent to, uh, uh, what's the ranch? Super Duty? Uh, King Ranch? No, a 1,500 truck, 1,500 okay. weight. Okay. Uh, and, but you got a big weight factor with batteries. Yep. Oh, um, okay. So, anyway, the... Carrying capacity, and I'm going to screw the the numbers. All no, don't up. don't fact check us. Everything we say on this podcast is true. Yeah. Don't even waste your time going on the internet and checking. Anyways, the <laughs> the, the bottom line, I, which I thought was the funniest thing about the whole thing, and they did a quarter mile with it. Yep. And uh, I don't know. The truck came in at the the Dodge came in at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Uh, that's what it ran the quarter mile. The freaking electric truck. Ten five, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, they, it, they fly it off the line. Smoked, yeah. It yeah lots of torque. It. There's a new and Tesla it, plaid and it pulled. Yeah. You know, an equal amount is a as a thirty five hundred truck. Yeah. Now, having said that, you know, I 
would I like to have one? Sure, I'd like to have one. Yeah. If 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 it meant that I did not have to turn my refrigerator off to, to charge the damn thing. Well, yeah, I mean, if, yeah. if the country was prepared infrastructure-wise to have everybody have an electric yeah, it, car, it'd be different. There. It's this is it's all not there at all. It's crazy. That's it's, very. That's a very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. If you believe in nuclear power, that that's the way we well, do this. Like but, mini nuclear, you yeah, know, maybe like any nuclear. No, like uh, I mean, do you ever listen plant. to what's the guy's Michael Schellenberg? I do not listen to Michael Schellenberg. No, you know who it is. I don't know who that is. No. So he he was a, you know, a, a ecological yeah. lefty and and all this kind and of he stuff. He says the answer is nuclear power. That's it. It's it's plain and simple. Yeah. <clears throat> you know when when Germany switched out and they got rid of their nuclear power plants, what they do? They charged their ener- energy prices went sky high, and 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 they burned more coal. It's clean and efficient and. Yep. Now they know how to look at all the the situations you had with the nuclear power plant in Japan. These these accidents. Oh, and not that, even that, in just Japan. Wasn't there a spot in like Michigan, right? What's Ten Mile Island or whatever? Well, three Mile Island. Three that Mile was, Island. That was Pennsylvania. 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 Yeah. See, I'm, see, we'll get there. It's like we're rolling down the hill. You know, but we ended Japan. Up there. I mean, this Japan deal. This was an earthquake and a tsunami that hit the power plant, and not a problem. Sure. They they managed all of it. But they melted it down. Why did it melt down? There's a fucking... Well, Three the, Mile Island was a near meltdown. Well, there was an actual meltdown in Japan right now, right? And it's, there's still a fucking the, glowing... There's still a charged, big gray gloob of... I don't know here. I'm trying to sound nu- nuclear smart. What is it? Yeah, I don't think that you're as smart as you think you are. Cause That's I'm, true. That's very true. Thanks for saying that on here. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I just, <laughs> no I, I just think that... In Japan, I don't think that if we would know more about it if there was a, a burning goo of glob. I thought that there was, they they sent a robot in in like a big freaking lead deal with a big lens on it, like a robot. I thought that I remember seeing it and there's like to where the active, the meltdown happened where there's, they lost one of them, right? Okay. Well, maybe you're smarter than I thought you were. Hold on here. Just let just a yeah, second. Hold the phone. Carrie, so yeah, just, well, if, if Tesla was willing to give you a, um, a, a, you know, the Tesla Plaid goes zero to sixty in one point nine nine seconds, so what would it take for Steve Hahn to drive an electric car? They'd have to give it to you for free. Would you even be yeah. seen in it? Mm. You know, I'm, all your friends are lined up. Every time whole- he drive by my driveway, I throw a rock at him. <laughs> it, it, it isn't. It isn't honestly that I'm opposed to <clears throat> an electric vehicle or anything about it. It's just it's not that's ready. the reality that w- this country isn't prepared for that infrastructure-wise, and. I think it's just silly to think that everybody is going to be hopping in an electric car in the next five years. Well, right. You know, I, I, I honestly think, you know, I see an electric car now and you hear the stuff about doing brownouts in California. It's like you really want to be resentful about the guy driving the electric car. It's yeah, like, why are you doing? You're not saving anybody anything. No. The other thing is I hear from firefighters is that they have these accidents with these electric cars and. They can't. They'll start on fire, and they'll they'll put the fire out, and then the car will be loaded on the on the trailer, and then the thing will start on fire again. So they just they're yeah. they're a hazard at this point. And not only that, but when you go into the the process of the mining of what the materials are that they use to produce the batteries, it's like who's really what's this all about? You know, I mean, they, because we're getting this stuff from Russia and Africa and. 
all these countries in China, and you, China's producing them. The, the bottom line on all this and the push for it is follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. Who's, who's oh, making the Who money? Who benefits? Who benefits? And when you find that out, it has nothing to do with global warming. It has nothing to do with the uh, environment. It's somebody's line Cha-ching. in your pocket. Follow the money. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Pfizer, This is brought to you by Pfizer. That's right. Hello. If you get the vaccination, you will not only not contract, but you will not spread. That's what they said. Ding, ding. False. Right. Yeah. They're eating fucking crow now. Yeah. But you know what? I need a crow button. They've got a front man, and people are doing damage control for him every day, and, you know, they're vaccinating kids. You know, just selling the fr- that. The front man that is nonsense. the national media. So you know, when you got a when you got an ad agency working for you twenty four seven. Well, they own the fucking. Well, that's it. They own it all, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted here, but I just want to bring it back on on, on the 11th of March, 2011. Uh, an earthquake cut power to the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, and a tsunami a tsunami wiped out emergency generators. Three reactor cores exploded, releasing the highest amount of radioactivity in the environment since Chernobyl or since the Chernobyl disaster. Although cleanup in Fukushima has been in progress for ten years, many years remain before all the melted fuel debris will be removed from the damaged reactors. Watch the oh, they want us to watch to see, but we can watch it later. But I seen a video of them sending in a fucking lead covered robot to get a look at this shit. And it's like it was like lava, but it was like bubbling. So Obviously, it's not a huge deal. If it would have hit the ocean, right? Mm. Probably would have been worse. But wasn't it kind of close to the ocean if a fucking tsunami hit it? That's right. By well, the that, all nuclear power plants need water. Yeah. Right. So, That's the whole but, cooling, right? You've got to have the cool I, I mean, water. Here, here, here's the point. Where, that's a, where are you reading this from? I don't know. Well, that's what I mean. Science.org. You know, and how much is, <laughs> how much is factual, how much is made up, right. how much is sensationalism, right. how much has got an agenda or a narrative to try to direct you to think a certain Boy, way. I'll well, tell but you, that the, is that is the the fact of the world we live in today. Right. The narrative. No, this is, is the first thing I found, so agenda. it could totally, totally, could, just. And the, I'm not saying it's listen, wrong. No, no this I, is how funny this is. The top of the page just says science. Science. <laughs> science says it, Steve. So. Yeah, Science. Um, I, I, get the booster. Is that get, Thomas Dolby? Science. Science. Yeah. Uh, so get the booster, you Remember, know. Did you ever uh, watch the movie Weird hospitals, Science? I, weird Science? Yeah. Give me the keys. Yeah. Give me the keys. You, you know, know that part when he's all yeah. drunk and yeah. he's like, eh. yeah, no, I've seen Weird Science. So, yeah. I'm that old. We're we're vibing on that that playing field, I'd say. Weird Science is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen The Burbs with Tom Hanks? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, that's good. Have you seen that? Halloween's right around the corner. Everyone should be looking up The Burbs. It's a Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, I don't know. He lives in the suburbs. Not and, so much. Uh, People Under the Stairs. You ever yeah, seen that? Yeah. Children yeah, of the Corn. I've same seen era. Yeah. Children of the Corn. That was, yeah. People, that was under, people Under the Stairs. Malachi. Yeah. People Under the Stairs. is. There's a whole subculture of people that that think Halloween is the greatest holiday or the greatest time of the year. You're looking at them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, it's This guy right here, bud. It's an interesting thing. All right. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, I just love to get your guys' opinions on these things. Uh, student loan forgiveness. God. Go. Good Lord. Yeah. Please. So are they going to give all the people that served in the military their fucking GI bills back? Yeah. Are they going to write him? You a know, check? I I, I, th- I think what what they say uh, one twenty if married couple one twenty uh, 
So you can make up to $240,000, am I right? And For the still get $10,000 or something? Still get 10000 back on each one. You know, all the, all, the only reason he did that, expand the voting. People yeah. that are going to vote for him. Oh, yeah. yeah. People want to know, why'd you go so high? Because he wants to capture that market on the voting. Well, and That's their, it. Their End reasoning the is like, they think that the people that won't pay him back because they're not a large enough loan, it's like, what about the people that are sinking anyone successfully or people that went to college and maybe even didn't finish with $40,000 worth of loans You don't, and then have become successful now? They won't even let you refinance a fucking student loan unless you graduate from college. Yeah. So- Right. What if someone's gone to college, something happened in their life, or just didn't work out for that path? They've now become successful and had a family, but they're not allowed to refinance and and, and, and take you know use of, of interest rates yeah, that the, we've never like the one good fucking thing we yeah. got going for us. You can't even utilize it. You got to go spend fifteen thousand dollars to start over with credits to fucking finish to refinance well, your the, loans. The problem is not the student loan. The problem is the educational institutes. I, I mean, this is my question. Then let's go on That's one more. Problem. Let's push on one more. Do you think that there'll be organized, institutionalized college in person in 10 years? Let's say 15, actually. Will college exist like it does right now in 15 years? Yeah, yeah. You think yeah, so? They're making too much money selling I feel that. like it's like, I feel like the threat or the, the it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of unweaving well, a from, little bit. Well, from when the time that Dr. B or Mark and I... Went to college. We went off. We went off to college. We went to get educated to get a degree to yeah. get a job. Yeah. But, but what's happening today? I don't know. The people are getting degrees, and or in, even people in my in my generation that went off to college to liberal arts colleges, unless it was a really kind of wacky kind of place. You, you even a liberal arts education. You just you got that education to learn how to think. Yep. To think objectively. Yeah. Sure. Now it's like it's an indoctrination. And for, that's exactly uh, it. For an agenda and a narrative again. Yeah. You and think it's everywhere or you think it's just certain areas? No, I think it's no, everywhere. I, I, every, I know, think every school has been, you know, I mean, unless you're, you know, sciences and mathematics. Yeah. In, in, you know, physical science. Do you think that's just because of the type of the demographic of the person that becomes an educator? Well, Let's put it this way. I had an educator come to me after Donald Trump was elected as president. And he says, obviously, we're not doing our job as educators because Donald Trump was elected president. We're obviously not doing our job. So what does that mean? That they didn't work. They didn't They didn't succeed in turning them into Democrats well Cor enough? Correct. Yeah. I mean, sure. that's that's terrifying. Yeah. That that's, that's what they're... That is terrible. their thought process is, and this is people that are lifetime educators. But would you would you be upset if you heard a guy sitting at a table that says, "Yeah, you know, Joe Biden got elected. Looks like we didn't do our job well enough." I feel like, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> would you yeah. be like, "No, you can't say that, Jimmy." Never heard of him. Who's that? What are you talking about? Yeah, right. Right, who? No, but Joe. I, but Joe, who? It's. Do you feel like you know? Sometimes people get stuck in their ways. You know, like they just get so. I don't know how to explain it. I would probably, I would be willing to entertain the idea of like a collaboration between two uh, two parties. There's got to be. I don't know. I would hope that there's someone with some sense. You know, there's 
something's got to happen to it just it's, end, end the. It's more about the fucking fight than it is actually getting shit man. done now. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know what I'm about saying? Getting your way. Yeah. People need to learn how to think objectively, to learn how to critically think about issues and everything, the government and everything. But you can't have a critical co- uh, in, uh, conversation anymore. People aren't willing well, the, to do well, it. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because people aren't thinking. They're indoctrinated. Well, and, and they're, and, and they're on, on both the right and the left. Well, you're you're being taught if you don't like what somebody says, to call them a name. What, yeah. Yeah. Right. Call, or silence them. Don't listen to what it, they have to call say. Call them a racist. Call them a misogynist. Call them, a, call them something right. that is offensive to society. Sure. So, and you, well, you put it, that individual down to suppress them. It's uh, so it, then they just don't want to deal with you anymore. It was an interesting time to live through when, when an echo chamber started a subculture. You know, like people used to be into bands, and they used to be into like a certain extreme sport. Like, oh, those dudes are hikers. Those dudes are river rafters. Those people follow the Grateful Dead. These people dress up in fucking black. And go fucking throw bricks at people that say shit that they don't like. Yep. And that's a fucking pa- that's a pastime. Yeah. I mean I, that I just you know I th- I feel it was interesting to see. But what they're doing is good. I think that there's a bunch of people that have no purpose. They have no role models. They have never seen someone be successful. They have never seen somebody work hard and and be able to give their friends and and have experiences and. You know, and and give their children nice things, and give them experiences. They don't, they've never seen anything like that. You know, when you when when the TV came around, there was kids that sat on Nintendo for fucking ten hours a day. That you know, I'm not saying that that's the problem, but it was like we had very low tech when I was young. Oh. It wasn't going to capture me and stop me from going outside. I feel like if there's a kid in a troubled situation, maybe you don't live in the best neighborhood. That kid's not fucking going outside. My idea of fun He's, when I was a kid was going out and getting a job and earning money. That's what I'm talking about. And, Walk and, both ways uphill. Yeah. Right to work. Was, Come home and shoveled the coal into the... No, just, <laughs> when I was 12 years old, I was un- unloading 250,000 pounds of groceries before most kids got up in the morning. That's the type of grit the kids just don't have anymore. There were, there were no child labor laws in North Dakota. <laughs> I, I just wanted to pass it. You, you, you are correct. Uh, not till the sixth. Oh, that's funny. I worked in the coal mine. Do you work in the coal mines, Mark? I, I, I salt mines. The salt <laughs> mines. That's what it was. Got the old salt lung. Yeah. <laughs> what was your first job? Uh, first job, washing dishes, bussing tables. Nice. Yeah. My, my- uh, yeah. Uh, Fourteen. You got a work permit in Ohio, and uh, worked at a. Uh, um, God, what's the place called? Uh, like a Perkins Pancake. It wasn't called Perkins Pancake, but you, you could only work so many hours and all that. Kind sure, of sure, sure. If you were, yeah, me too. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, um, I, I, I work forever. Well, so it was like a kind of a breakfasty, yeah. eccentric bakery kind of place, like a Perkins or a Mama. Sh- or uh, I mean, like, like a, it was a pancake house, that like was a village. It, oh, it was a pancake yeah, that house. Was it. I forget what it was called. Scrubbing it, that it, it fucking pancake local. batter off yeah, all that yeah, shit. That sticky. Oh, that tables syrup were and sticky, shit. Oh. Busting those tables and trying to get the scum off the. You know how it is. And you were unloading groceries by hand. There was no forklifts when you were young. We had to unload the entire <clears> truck, <throat> and we'd transfer them from, from the small pallets on the truck to the large pallets in the warehouse, and then they'd pull them off of the. A pallet jack. 
and we'd usually come in with four trucks, usually 70,000 pounds on each truck. And I'd usually do four trucks in the morning before 10 o'clock. And uh, we'd get done, and then we'd take off and go back and unload oak pallets. This was in Moorhead, Minnesota? This was in Fargo. Oh, Fargo. Yeah, this was in Fargo. Was this Nash Finch now or something, like a similar situation? We went to to the Nash Finch warehouse, and then we'd go to, we might have a truck that was unloaded at, at that time, Red Owl. Yeah. And then we had, uh, it was Nash Finch, Red Owl, and what was the other? Super Value? I'm not, no, it wasn't Super Value at that time. Miracle Mart? No, I I don't even remember. Piggly Wiggly. Well. That's all I got. I don't have any more. Red Lion. Yeah. But, you know, the funny part about that is I'd, I'd been working for that company for three years. And they had kind of expanded their operation. They started building fuel heaters in their warehouse and in their shop. So, well, that was that was big stuff because all of a sudden I got to work in the shop and I was assembling fuel heaters. And that's better sit- than than, than un- groceries, un- unloading groceries. Un- yeah, yeah, it felt like I'd really gone up. And all of a sudden, instead of being three bucks an hour, I got four dollars an hour. <laughs> And huh, really, that's big money back then. It was. Huge. That's a loaf. Of, that's like yeah. two loaves of bread an hour back yeah. then. It was. It was a lot. It was a lot of money at that time. And uh, I can remember that he'd hired a welder, and the welder really didn't know for sure what he was doing because he had way too much oxygen in his weld. So I went over and told the welder that you know I said maybe if you dropped your oxygen down and you slowed that that weld down just a bit, you'd get less this popping and this and that like you're getting which was causing leaks in our tanks. So the the owner came out, he says, geez, he says, why don't I have you welding? I said, that sounds great, I'll weld, and that was going to be 7 bucks an hour. Holy. And by this time, I'm almost 15. So the day after, the kid that was working with me, who was 17, went home and told his mama that... Uh, that uh, I was going to get this big job welding, and Mama called in to the boss and told the boss, said, maybe you should ask that kid how old he is. So the next day I go into work, and the boss calls me in and says, hey, neighbor, somebody called and said uh, I should call and ask you how old you are. And I said, well, I'm I'm 15. He says, good Lord. He says, you've been working for me for, for the last three years? <laughs> and he says, you're you're 15? I said, "Yep." He says, "Well, I, I'm, I'm, I can't let you weld." I said, "OSHA won't let me do that." But yeah. he said, "You're the best worker I've ever had." He said, "So I'm going to put you in charge of the paint department. I can let you do that." So I, I was in charge of the paint department at 15. And that's how you learned how to paint. Yeah, for what for Web Enterprises. You, that's what's got you into the auto body painting. Yeah, that's what really I, I sprayed. I was in charge of the painting of all those fuel eaters for that operation at 15 years old. And after that, I picked up on automotive painting and anything else that needed to be painted. And I, I was. You still do it to this day. Yeah, I, I learned to paint because I you wanted. You just painted a, a truck last year. Yeah. The reason I learned to paint is I really wanted a Viking helmet when I was in sixth grade. And all I could get was a, a a blue football helmet, and there was no Viking helmets in those days. So I cut out my own horns and sprayed my horns on, so I had a Viking helmet. So that's that's what started my painting career. How many things have you customized into Viking lore? What would well, you call that? I've, well, I've done a <laughs> I've done a pickup, and that pickup was 
it's been to the been, been to Viking Games, and I did a car, and the car is still out there. I did the car in 1984, and that was the year that Les Steckel was head coach, and we won three games that year. So it was a little rough, but as it still is, as it you never know what from one year to the next. Yeah, sure. They're, well, you know a little bit, you but can, you know a little bit what to expect. Once again, that was all brought on because you just. Life takes you down a crazy path. You just, uh, you just, if you're going to do something, you just did it. Yeah. You know, and do doing, it well. Customizing do it a car, I had, I sprayed the entire Metrodome with a Viking ship on each end with footballs as war shields and, and Minnesota <laughs> Vikings on the side. And I mean, my uncle and I and a friend of mine at the time, we were both bodybuilders and we went to the game. And my uncle is. We're driving the car, and my uncle's sitting in the back looking like he was like King Farouk. And and we also had the car, or the Viking truck, and a group stopped us and pulled us over, and they uh, they thought that was really fun because they thought we were Minnesota Vikings. And so they, they think Minnesota Vikings are just driving around dri- in some crazy-ass Vikings car? Purple cars. Yeah, yeah. driving the cars. Yeah, we are purple cars. you got to understand, this is a long time ago. This is... 40, 50 years ago, and people didn't make the money that they do today. And <laughs> so we stopped at Staples for breakfast, and there was a there was a line of people looking for autographs for the, for those two guys that were. <laughs> do you the, sign any? We didn't sign a thing. Uh, my my <laughs> uncle just looked at him. He said, "No, no autographs today. No, These guys are today. secret weapons." That's right. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track, but no. Oh. Sorry, I put on my jacket. Well. There, there isn't any snow forecast for tonight. It's getting chilly. I had to put a jacket on. She's, she's, she's cooling down. Cool. I'm wearing Mike Bakken's jacket. It's yeah. my lucky fishing jacket now. We just kind of veered off. But <clears throat> no, we didn't veer off. We that's what we do. The best thing about my podcast is that there's really no there's we we keep no form. the The best sometimes the best uh, the best content is just just rolling. So my first job was um, as a trap boy at a gun club, Minot Gun Club. So I had various duties. So I part of my duties were to sit down in this concrete pit and load this fucking finger mauling arm that another 14-year-old was at the control of sitting in a fucking chair. I don't know what it is, 30, 40 yards back. And uh, so if it was almost easier to be down in the pit because... These guys took this stuff seriously. They didn't fuck around. Have you ever shot trap before? No. You ever shot trap? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever shot trap competitively? No. So um, what happens is, is I believe it's six six people line up. Uh, it's been a long time, but six people line up in kind of a arc, and then you're all facing this trap shed. And when you when it's your turn, you load a shell or two shells if you're shooting doubles, and you yell pull, and then. The kid at the, what, it's all automated now, but you used to sit at, like, what would be, like, a tennis judge's chair or something up off the ground, just a hair. Yep. And you would you would pull it, so you were, you were responsible for getting it when they said it, and then not only audibly calling if it was lost or not, and then you had to actually keep score, too. So as a first job, these guys have fucking guns, and, and they're, like, <laughs> you know, like, they're taking their hobby very seriously even then which would probably would have been like i don't know 99 or 98 or somewhere around there it was still an expensive hobby 
you're shooting probably like a few boxes of shells a night. So they took it. They had guns. Guys had uh, custom match guns that says like, you know, whatever, Second Amendment. Blah, you know, whatever. It was awesome. It was fucking cool. So we're like, wow, this is the first. I started like the day before the biggest tournament at Minot Gun Club. And uh, so when I kind of got thrown right into it, but um, so yeah, you're you're marking it, and you and if someone missed, you'd be like lost, and like not the, some of the guys would get mad at you because they like not only did they miss and they were losing the competition, but you just like yelled it out to everybody. So it's kind of like yeah. this thing where you get into like a situation and you're like someone does bad in a competition, and it's your job to yell that they did bad, you know, like yeah. It's like if someone misses a tennis shot and the judge was like, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, you missed, but it was like, pull, lost. And so that was part of it. Or you were the one that you knew about how much time you had. But sometimes the one of the machines on the end had a double. It had like, they're like, it's got a little bit of a mind of its own. So it'll kick once and then it'll kick again. If it kicks in this amount of time. If it doesn't kick, re-kick in this amount of time, you're good to load it. And you had to load double sometimes, so you had a big boxes of clay pigeons. And you the trick was is you never put your fingers down in the path, so you would just drop them down in this thing. So it literally, once these guys get cooking, they take no time. When you say pull, boom, shoot, lost, the other guy's got his gun up. So you got a couple seconds to load two clay pigeons onto this arm of death. And that was my first job. My other job was after they were all done, I had to go pick up all the shotgun shells because they reloaded them there and resold them. And then we had to go and load all the houses with boxes of clay pigeons in this like awesome old Ford truck like that pretty much every kid that summer but me, probably seven or eight of us, all pretty much learned how to... I already knew how to drive a stick shift, but all those kids learned how to drive a stick shift. There was this new girl. She was kind of chubby. She was kind of annoying too. She was sitting on the fucking tailgate one time, and another kid was trying to learn how to drive a stick shift, and he dumped the fucking clutch in front of the whole tournament, and she went ass over tea kettle, (laughs) bounced off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And then I did, and then I was a busboy, and I was a dishwasher also at a ground round. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. CR. Yep. I've never worked in food service. Well, you don't ever want to. If you ever want to. If you ever feel like you're not being harassed correctly, yeah. then go work in food service because the manager will make you feel job. about fucking an inch tall. So yeah, I had an experience in food service. It was as as a nearly a senior citizen, and it was I would never go back. Let's put it that way. Sure, it was very difficult. It wasn't just food service; it was multiple service. Sure. So now, what do you do for work currently? I don't work. Not a day in your life. I haven't worked yet. You haven't worked yet? You just wake no, up and not, live your dream. Not since I was 15 when I was when I left the... You've done some pretty crazy jobs between then. Yeah, I guess I have. I guess they called them jobs. But you were, it wasn't working for you? Well, I've done a lot of things. You have done. You've done more things than anybody I know. Yeah, well, I, I went to college and I jumped out and started out as a college strength coach. Because that, that was the dream for me. I was trying to be Mr. Universe in those days. And, 
you know, probably realized that <laughs> the genetic pool wasn't going to take me to the top of that reel. So I thought maybe I probably need to do something else. And then I jumped into the cardiac gig and jumped into the cardiology field and did that. Didn't thought I was going to become a physician, but the Army said, no, you can't be a doctor in the Army if you have a beasting allergy. So I didn't do that. And and then I thought, well, I need to something do something else uh, that's kind of grown up, so I really don't want to do what I'm doing for the rest of my life. So, oh, I had an opportunity to be a jeweler, so I did that, and I'm still doing that. But then I jumped out and was a full-time cop for a while and a jeweler for a while, and then I've been a ski patroller, and I've been a ski instructor, and I've been a groomer operator, and you know, you just kind of do a lot of things. Now you just do all the things. I think that all came from jumping into that first job that I was unloading grocery trucks and all of a sudden, hey, you can run the paint booth. Yeah. You know, it's just, you can do whatever you want to do in life. Absolutely. Just, you know, just don't let it, don't let anybody tell you you can't do what you feel like you want to do. And don't ever like take a job that you don't like and just be like, oh, this is, I'm stuck this is with as it. good as I'm ever going to get. You no, know what I mean? I mean, if you, if you see a dead end, get the hell out. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I foresaw in a lot of places. It was like, yeah, this is not going to be good for the, the long haul. Sure. No, I, I, uh, I can attest to that. You can't, you can't ever just get complacent. You gotta, you always gotta be working towards, I think so. Just yeah. for my own, maybe that's just my own mentality. But if I'm not, if I'm stagnant, I'm fucking tortured. I think, yeah. you know. And I know that there's times when you kind of just gotta let let everything kind of flow and go. And yeah. But if you get an opportunity, you gotta take it. And you yeah. can't. If you wake up every day like what I'm what I'm doing right now isn't necessarily good enough, then it usually doesn't take long to to get somewhere. You gotta right. make moves and you gotta make them quick. People dream of doing shit. All the time. And just, got, be, just because you're doing something now doesn't mean you have to do it five years from now or ten years from now. Right. I don't even know what I'm going to I mean, I, 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 I would hope to be successful at what I'm putting energy into now, but who fucking knows? Yeah, you don't know. What do you do, Mark? You're tired. I am. Congratulations. There it is. Now you're just... Now you're just I'm living the dream. Now you're just uh, marrying people up on mountains, and doing uh, things like that? Yeah. We're building, working for my wife. Working for your wife, building... Uh, Amazing greenhouses. greenhouses. And, yeah, so, plants. all the food that we ate tonight at dinner, we either caught from Lake Superior, and all the vegetables, which was an amazing spread of food, unbelievable. Like twenty different things, all came from uh, the gardens within a two hundred yard radius of where we're sitting right now. So, literally everything we ate except for the Corona that I drank with dinner was sourced. From a mile away from here, I would have made that for you if you'd have let me know the Corona. Yeah, you could yeah. have whipped me up a Corona. <laughs> yeah, you got a Cerveza shack in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what did you do before you retired, Mark? What did you retire from? Uh, I, I was a dentist. You were a dentist. I was a dentist. That uh, for how many years? Almost forty. 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. But not in a traditional sense. I uh, I moved around a lot. I didn't stay in one practice, um, you know. But you were always either like working on teeth or 
seeing over people that worked on other people's teeth or something? Basically, yeah. The last uh, eight years was, um, you know, supervisory position. But, uh, yeah, everything from private practice, military, uh, VA, you name it. You got that real calming dentist voice. You know, every good dentist has a good tone that they take before they're about to do something fucked up to you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, everything's... Like, before they pop yeah. a tooth out of your mouth, they're like, all right, everything's good. Um, yep, hand me that over there. Perfect. Everything's good. And then you're like, oh, all right. I, get, I see that now. I, you I knew what? you were a dentist, I, but I, I didn't know I, that I gotta you were tell in, you, I don't even remember being a dentist. You don't even remember being a dentist? Not at all. That's so, how long it's been since you've actually been dentisting? No, it's it's only been two years, but I don't doesn't register i don't identify with it anymore how about that i don't identify with it <laughs> I got a chance to use that uh I yeah like i don't that. I that, that, like that. That, it's like kind of it's not who good for you man i'm done with that hell yeah you know, i just i'm moving on hell know. yeah i'm I'm content being nobody. was it because it was like your fucking identity for a long time or what i you know i never got into the whole doctor thing and the whole you i'm know, a dentist I'm, yeah i'm special yeah and this and that. you're a humble I, I, dentist i'm just not that kind of person just just across the board i i know that about you and, i've known uh, you for a while so it's it's kind of like I, I i didn't i i don't need that identity to to be who i am but it probably be, it's kind of maybe a, a, a product of because that's what because dentists kind of get put in like a dentist box, yeah, like a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah. like a I lawyer mean, gets put. There's in a, a lot of lawyer stereotypic, box. right? You know, I mean, yeah, the typical. You know, Jewel, if I, like if, if he's like, oh, he's a jeweler, you know? No, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know any jewelers, you know? Or you were yeah. a deputy, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, you're a cop. Fuck, I put you in the cop box. Yeah. But then dentists get put in in kind of a box that it's like. It's kind of prestigious, but it, you know it definitely is. Well, I mean, the, yeah. In the uh, on the on the dark side, it, they'll say uh, you know dentists commit suicide at a higher rate than anybody else in the thing. And then the second one is always uh, is that gosh, true? Did, did you? I don't know. Oh. Did you ever hear hear Bill Cosby's trip to the dentist? I mean, if I've heard that line, I I, I think countless yeah. times that's yeah. like comes out of everybody's mouth yeah he you know? drugged women and raped them well before and then they let him out <laughs> before of jail. bill cosby and then they fucking let him out of jail yeah. he's out of jail he's yeah. walking free right now before people knew bill was right. bill you know yeah. whatever but when he was it, doing it, like just, get some you know, things yeah. yeah i'm just saying that's my best you know, the stereotypic things of what people say about dentists <laughs> or tim conway you know they'll yeah. give you that shtick and you know those three things you're just like i want to fucking puke on you yeah yeah like okay fine yeah yeah you can you can get wrapped up in that because when I was working in the medical field and really strongly considering uh, being a cardiologist at that point, I was working hand-in-hand hand with a lot, and it really looked like the deal, and boy, I thought, this is the prestigious life. But when the opportunity came to that it wasn't going to be free to go through school, yeah, it was like, eh, hell no. Right. <laughs> I don't want to pay for this. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, there I don't were no that. nobody else needs to pay for it either, right? Right, because because <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but there's no such thing as free fucking anything. No, ever. There is. Whoa, we're gonna. I think that's the biggest misconception of the world. Who's right paying now. for it? Yeah. Who's paying for Somebody's it? Somebody's paying for there's it. It's not free. A price. The to government pay for doesn't everything. just have a fucking money. Ma- well, they do have yeah. a money machine. That's a whole other s- subject. But there's not just some special bank account. 
that doesn't fucking ever run out. Like, I just, people I don't think realize that, oh, uh, you know, the COVID, uh, you know, the STEMI checks. It's like, yeah. do you know what that's for? Yeah. Do you know what it's for? Oh, I, I, to help people that are affected by COVID. No, it was meant to stimulate the fucking economy. Yeah. So you, so, I mean, I probably, you, I used it to pay off some debt, which was the, what the, exactly what they didn't want me to do with no, it. No, they wanted you to go out and buy new stuff. Right. But it's like, do you understand what you're supposed to do with this? Now, this I did is, buy a pool, though, with some of it. And I, that, you know, I wanted to help out America. There going go. back to the uh, college education uh, payback thing. Now, I might not be correct in this, but I'm, I'm under the understanding that people are just going to be issued checks for that $10,000, and it does not need to go back to pay back their college loan. Now, I, if you're going to go back and pay back college loans, I think these things need to be issued to, to actually go to, to, the, to loan. Go to the bank. Well, well did the whole thing the ever loan. get really approved? Yes. I think it has. Yes. And, yep. Well, as far as I know. And my understanding is that people are just going to be issued a check. Well, you know damn well that they're not going to pay back their student loan debt they're going to go out and they're going to buy something new or they're they're going to stimulate again. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's just, it's a bunch of baloney again. Well, everyone that probably has student loans probably fucking needs $10,000. Yeah, they do because, but at the same time, if this money is being designated to pay back student debt. Then pay back student debt. Pay, yeah. Don't it, go buy another, don't go buy a fucking Honda Accord. Or Honda Accord or yeah. go get some new tattoos. Right. Oh, ta- yeah. Get an Accord if you need one, but don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Buy, buy some tattoos or yeah, a new, don't, you take, take or a a new hookah vacation. or something. Ooh, you know, like, yeah, new hookah. Ten, ten grand a week. You're probably going to spend it on a hookah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went fishing. First day, me, Mark, Steve, Lissa. Um, we go out. Big boat. 27 feet. Charter boat. Never been on anything like it. Get in. I'm fucking tired. Like, I am barely there. Super nervous because I thought I fucked up on my license. We get out there. It's chopping. It's chopping. I'm like, I start thinking about the reality of the situation. I look at the water temp on the graph. It says 41 degrees. I'm thinking, 41 fucking degrees. That's pretty cold. Then I'm looking at the, then I'm looking at the life jackets that are in the, there's like an under part, a galley. What do you yeah. call it, under part of a boat? A galley and a quarters? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, I'm making it up. The, uh, the camper cabin. part of the boat. The cabin. The cabin, that's what it is, down under there. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. There's uh, there's life jackets. So then, you know, the captain, shout out to Darren at Tofty, uh, Tofty Charters. Really good guy. Just touch and go there for a minute. I didn't think he was going to like me very much. But uh, <laughs> he came around, whatever. So I was just asking him questions like fucking little Jimmy and his new fucking hat. You know, I was like, just took my ADD medication. I'm like, what's your, you know, just asking him everything. Like, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? And uh, no, he was great. Uh, And then I seen how seriously he took everything. And I'm just like, all right, I feel more comfortable. And I know, like we've talked about uh, one time, a couple years ago, just as a fucking idiot. I was like, oh, rent a pontoon. I'm going to rent us a pontoon. So I'm calling around. Can you rent a pontoon? Can you rent a pontoon? Yeah, we got a pontoon available. Come on up. I'm like, all right, we'll be there. Didn't even think anything of it. I'm like, devil track. I'm like, oh, that must be some kind of bay or something on Lake Superior I've never heard of. And I'm going down to the store, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got us a pontoon. Like, yeah, no big deal. (laughs) 
And they're like, where's it at? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Where do you think it is? Like, it's on this bay called Devil Track. And they're like, Devil Track Lake? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I think it's on Big Lake. And they're like, you're not taking a fucking pontoon on that lake? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant. I meant it's on (laughs) Devil Track. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I meant. For sure. But anyways, we got a pontoon. Did you hear what I said? We have a pontoon. And we have to figure out where Devil Track is. So I moved to the back of, of their shop, of the jewelry store. And I was like, where the fuck? Google Devil Track. And I'm like, thank God it's only like 26 minutes away because I'm an idiot. So <clears throat> I definitely underestimated looking from shore at Lake Superior. Um, I didn't, est- I underestimated what it's like out there. So yesterday it wasn't necessarily calm. I wouldn't say that, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily rough either. No. And we had a great time. That I would mean, be considered mild chop. Yeah. Mild chop, yeah. But we it's still a little bit of a chore to stand in the boat oh, yeah. without leaning on something. Yeah. Caught some fish, had fun, had a good time. Uh, you know, uh, just interesting to watch what Darren does and what a, you know, what a guide does. It's just it's crazy. It's he's like real, he's really good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. He really I is. mean, He's got it down almost so simple, you know? Like, it's not simple, but it's like, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? Meticulous? Yeah. He does the same thing, same way. Yeah. Every time, and you have to because there's no fucking up. No, you can't screw up when you have people out in your boat. Yeah. You just... And that also makes it, that makes it more of like an enriched experience that there's a little bit of skin in the game that you're fucking, it's kind of dangerous to be out there. Yeah. Uh, And then... So then we had a great time, super chill, and I even made the comment to, like, Lisa, I was like, yeah, tomorrow if it was a little bigger, that'd be even cool. I'd, be, I'd like to experience a little bit bigger. So I forgot. I forgot I even said that. Had a great night, made some enchiladas, went to sleep, woke up, you know, 5.30, whatever, get out of the door by 6, 6.30, get there, and then we're like, wow, it's kind of warm. It's warmer. It feels nicer today when we're at when we're at holiday grabbing sandwiches or whatever. And then we get there and we get out there and we were watching like a YouTube that inlet. I don't know what it is in Florida. And we were making, you know, it was like yeah. stupidest people in the inlet. Yeah. So Steve looks over at me, and 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 Kathy, my mother-in-law, and Ron, the eighty-two-year-old fucking mysterious man of mystery. The but typhoon I, is yeah, whirling in. Right. The most interesting man in the world is standing. The 82 most interesting man in the world. He's standing the whole time. And I'm like, well, he's standing. I'm fucking, I'm not going to. If you're 82, you don't give a shit. He didn't give a shit. But That's he was right. having a hurt hip later. And I was probably because you stood through the hour yep. long. So we get through essentially, what is it called again? The, uh, the inlet. The inlet. And the inlet was fucking... <laughs> It was, what's it called, English? I don't know what they say. It was wild. I was like, holy shit. And he hadn't even, you know, last yesterday when he hit the engines and the freaking wake off the back of the boat was impressive. It was a bigger boat. Biggest boat I've ever been on. Today, it was like fucking angry. Like, there there were rollers that were rolling over our wake. And I look out to the side and I'm just like, they look way bigger. And it was like. I hadn't experienced anything like that, and he wasn't. We were anywhere near shore. We were probably a good half mile offshore, at least, right? Oh, easily. Probably a mile offshore. Yeah. We could see land, but 
And it, and so, so you're humming the Edmund Fitzgerald. I was closing you're my singing a song. every time we were fucking going up over the yeah. top of a crest of one of you're them. Ready. I was closing my eyes. Yeah, you're ready to bank. I was thinking about it, and then I had to just say I had to do one of those things that people really need to fucking do with themselves. Sometimes they have to be able to talk them through a situation where they aren't necessarily comfortable. You know, I did that to myself. I was like, okay, well, this is fucking. You're sick of being boring. You're sick of being bored, Brenton. How many days do you wake up and drive to work in mind-numbing traffic in Fargo, North Dakota, and you think, fuck, you know? Now you're living on the edge. And I said, yeah, and I said, and I pretty much just had an internal thing like, you're not even going to enjoy this because you're kind of scared, you know? Like, that's what I thought to myself. And I said, "If, if, if it's really meant to be that this is how it goes, you know, like, I was making, like, First, I thought, can I swim that far? Then I thought, no, probably not. I would freeze to death first before I got to shore. So I was thinking that. Then I was thinking, is there a Coast Guard anywhere near here? And I think, and I was thinking, Duluth probably has a helicopter. And this is what my crazy fucking brain is doing, you know? But it was a little bit bigger today. Yeah. And then I look at my mother-in-law, and she's got like a holiday coffee in her hand. And she's got that fucker about squeezed, ready to pop with one hand on the front. And we're all kind of in the, like, you know, I was trying to smile. Like, hi, Kathy. No, this is normal. Nothing to worry about. So I was still trying to keep it together. And then we came into a spot where it was glassy. And and Steve's like, and Steve was just cool as the fucking cucumber the whole time because he's probably been out. He was drunk. He was, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He, he had drank a half bottle of scotch before he got that, on the boat. That was, that was leftover from four days. Ago. He just That's never. Right. He just went all night. He That's didn't right. even he, stop. He was drunk. Yeah, he yeah. was. He had to have been. Was I was like, like how are you so I, cool with all this? I'm there, man. So then we're like, he's like, isn't it crazy how the water can just change? And it was like glassy and nice. And I'm like, oh fucking thank God. And I was like, finally, nope. Fucking blah, fires that thing back up, and next thing you know, we're in the biggest shit we've been in the whole time. And I'm just like, where the fuck are we going? Bluefin Bay goes by, you know, and then, and then Tofty goes by, and I'm like, why are we going the farthest when it's, you know? So then, as as crazy as it was, almost as quickly, when we shut down the main big engine and he put the kicker on and everything quieted down a little bit, the boat was like, they were big, but the boat just, like, after like four or five of them, I was like, oh, this is what happens. The boat just fucking floats. And the whole way out, what did I sing to you? Um, what do you do? Oh, yeah. Turaye, turaye, John Kanaka Naka Turaye. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? So, yeah. So, that was pretty wild. Um, and then, you know, we. By the end of the day, I he had to warn me a couple times because he's like, "Oh, all right, hold on," and I'm like, "Hold on," and I look back and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Oh. Yeah, like it was big. So, <laughs> so d- did your life flash in front of your eyes? Did you see God, or was there was it a religious experience, or just kind of? There was like a definite like kind of letting go a little bit, mm-hmm. probably. You know, like just being like. So you went with it. Yeah. You, the the initial fear went away, and you just took took the ride, and and went with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I came to terms with it. Then I nervously pushed through it. Then my adrenaline kind of just took over a little bit, and then uh, 
yeah, like I said, once we slowed, once we stopped, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. And then by like I reeled everything in at the end of the day, I did my thing. I was doing pretty good. You know, we missed a couple fish in the beginning, um, but we had a good time. It was a different vibe, you know, uh, but it was, but it was fun. But, and then the misleading thing was it got sunny out and then it got fucking bigger. Like it got real sunny and the sun was glistening off the water and it was beautiful. And, and then it was like almost kind of deceiving. It was like, it seemed like it was nicer outside. Like it was kind of clearing up. And then all of a sudden, like every 10th, 15th wave was getting bigger. Fucking. Well, and, and and then at one point he's like, I'm using you as like the ballast because I was anchoring that side of the boat. He act, he's like, it actually makes it way more stable. And I was like, well, I'm glad my bigness can help out the boat. <laughs> but uh, all all in all, one of the best experiences that I've ever had. I think. So you'd do it again? Fuck yeah, a thousand times. I'd do yeah. it tomorrow if I could. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. Then we we got to experience the reward of that with. With a delicious dinner. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have a little fresh. And, and um, our baby, who's 11 months old, just f- fucking shoveled it. Couldn't even put it in front of her fast yeah. enough. She, she loves fish. She is uh, She's a fish hound. She sure is. She's a, yeah, she's munching. I can see her through the window munching right now. Cute but, baby. Yeah. But so all in all, a great weekend. Got to ride a gold wing uh, up the Caribou Trail and back. That was a fun experience. Out on the gold wing. A uh, little nerve-wracking on the gravel, uh, getting on to 61 because it was pretty busy. So it was a little sketchy right about there. Um, that's, a, that's always sketchy down there. It's a little, yeah. it's like riding on ball bearings. So I fished in Lake Superior. I drove a Goldwing up the Caribou Trail and back, and I rode a four-wheeler with my wife uh, on the essentially one of the most beautiful trails along the power lines beside uh, Lake Superior. Uh, it's been a wonderful weekend, but so yeah, just wanted to check in. We haven't put out a podcast in a while. Um, if you guys want to check out another podcast, you can check out the Area Sixty One podcast. Probably below this podcast, if you scroll down, it's probably going to be there uh, under the "You May Also Like" uh, Area Sixty One podcast, where you can find two gentlemen that definitely are not Mark Bello and Steve Hahn. They are uh, Mister B and. Thor, not related to these guys at all. It's not them. It sounds a lot like them. No resemblance. Go ahead and check that podcast out. Uh, thank you, Mark, for coming. Hey, thank you. Thanks, thanks for including me on this weekend. I was glad to be a part of it, and uh, it was a privilege. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it was for you. Like literally, this is your house, and uh, I mean, just the North Shore experience is unbelievable. I would recommend it to anybody. You won't get to do it like we do it, but nah, nah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank you so much, Steve. I really yeah, appreciate no, it. No, it was, it's always it's always so much fun to have you guys come. So, hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tell your dad. Uh, you can leave a comment. You can leave a voicemail. Tell us what you think. Are you pissed about electric cars and student loan forgiveness? Um, you know. Tell us whatever. If you if you like us or don't like us, just let us know. If you want to argue about something, we can do that too. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, keep it between the lines. Good night.